Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I am your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or on all the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. Wisdom Word Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Right now, my listeners can get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. Fear and anxiety are a pretty common topic and theme on my show, mostly because I've wrestled with an anxiety disorder. Well, I don't even know if you want to call it a disorder, but I've wrestled with anxiety my whole life. I am a worrier. I am an overthinker. Shock, shock, I know, right? But anxiety and fear are not foreign to me. There's something I still regularly deal with and have to address, sometimes on a daily basis. But this quote, I believe, is by Georgia Dare. Let's see here. Yeah, Georgia Dare. Um, and everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. I, I do know that there's a lot of people who have said quotes very similar to this. Another one's like, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> but uh, the the everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. There, there's an immense, deep wisdom to this. And I'm hoping to unpack that successfully today. I, I hope I can do this one justice because I really do like this one in terms of uh, its growth opportunity for us. So anxiety is a normal human thing. And before I kind of dig into anxiety and fear, I do want you to know that it is very, very, very common. In fact, let's see here. Anxiety statistics. What was it? It's really, really high. 40 million adults in the United States, 18 and older, suffer with an anxiety disorder. And by the way, something isn't considered a disorder unless it negatively impacts their lives in a significant way. So when you got a population of, what is it, 370 million right now in America, 40 million are considered to have an anxiety disorder, which means anxiety regularly affects the day-to-day. -day. That's probably about right, you know? How many is that? 40 divided by 370. Sorry, I'm a geek. I got to figure these things out. It's 10% of the population at least. One in 10 people. And, and I, again, that doesn't mean... Only one in 10 people has anxiety. It means that they are considered to have a disorder. They have, have anxiety so bad that it's disruptive to their lives. I would say arguably all humans have anxiety. They just aren't all categorized as a disorder. And I think a lot of that's because some people just are better emotionally equipped to deal with anxiety. I think that's undeniable. Some people have a different personality type in which anxiety is somewhat secondary to them maybe depression or something else is more prominent anxiety is just one of their lesser issues so it's not as disruptive to their lives some people just have the emotional tools to handle their anxiety um, they have faith they have wisdom they have 
medication. They have uh, psychologists, therapists, cognitive therapy. They, they have a, the ability to cultivate the emotional tools to deal with anxiety. And some of us were tragically born without these tools or we just didn't have people in our lives who would teach us how to use these tools. Um, interestingly enough, I don't think I started actually working on my emotional tools for my anxiety until I was in my 20s. Right now I'm 37 as of the making of this video. So for about 17 years, I can honestly say I've been trying to figure out better ways of dealing with my tendency to be an anxious person. And so obviously I'm a work in progress. I've not by any stretch of the imagination perfected this. I may never actually perfect it. But identifying my triggers and, and the certain things that set me off in terms of anxiety. And for me, and I don't know if this is the case for you, but for me, I get into, I'm in that disorder stage. So because what I have are what are called anxiety feedback loops so that I will I'll think of something terrible that's going to happen and then I'll start looking for evidence that it is already happening and then I'll use that evidence that I find quote unquote or manufacture to feed the fear and then it'll pump more adrenaline into my system and then that will make me manufacture new evidence or start looking I become hyper aware or hypersensitive to what's going on around me or to the issue at hand and it'll continue to feed that anxiety, which will heighten my... Because when your adrenaline spikes, which is a normal consequence of anxiety, you get a fight or flight response. Once the adrenaline gets pumped into your system, you have actually height, heightened senses. That's the benefit of adrenaline. Because adrenaline was designed so that we could become extremely focused. So that we could get out of an actual life-threatening situation. Because our anxiety is a defense mechanism to protect us. And so when the adrenaline hits our system, you become hyper aware so that you can actually fight through or run away from an actual threat. Well, when this system betrays you <laughs> and your heightened sentences, heightened senses, sorry, become hyper focused on non-existent evidence. Then then this this natural process of, of anxiety that's meant to help you can really boomerang on you. And then you can start to manufacture new things to be afraid of. And then feeds, it feeds the adrenaline. Then the adrenaline pumps into your system. And then you're even more hypersensitive. And you look for more evidence. And, and the cycle goes into a loop until eventually you reach the stage of panic attack. Which is never good. Panic attacks are not a fun place to be. Most Americans have experienced a panic attack at some point in their life. Not all of them can even identify it as a panic attack especially if you don't have them regularly. But these are all normal things. So I, I, I want people to know that anxiety is a normal part of the human condition. I mean, think about it. Like, the world is out to, to get us. Like, nature is not friendly. And we are, we are all aging. We're all moving towards disorder, generally speaking. Uh, life is unpredictable. Uh, the less stable our lives are, the, the more unpredictable it becomes. The less, less stable light st society becomes, the less predictable life becomes. And we thrive under structure. And that's why it's important for us to surround ourselves with people who are well-disciplined and well-structured, especially if we are prone to anxiety. 
you know, it, it is, it is, it's healthier for us to know our limits in terms of what we can handle. Like, for example, the news might not be best for you or certain news networks because they thrive on this ancient adrenaline thing where people get addicted to the adrenaline of fear and they keep coming back to feed the adrenaline because adrenaline also feels good, by the way. It releases endorphins. So it does re release the one of the feel-good emotions. Uh, on top of the anxiety, it does release some emotions that actually are comforting because your body doesn't want you to be trapped in fear forever, especially post-panic attack. You know, your body gets flooded with relaxation chemicals so that it can calm itself down because your body knows you can't be in a state of adrenaline all the time. This is why if you've ever experienced a panic attack, you immediately want to take a nap afterwards. <laughs> so that's something to be aware of is that there's this, there's addiction, an addictive nature to fear too. And I spent the time to kind of describe that because I don't really know where you fall on this spectrum. I don't, I mean, you may be one of those people who are naturally gifted with stability and security and anxiety doesn't really affect you that much. My wife is this way. She, I would say she has a deep faith, but she also just doesn't default to the, the fearful on many issues. And so I, I'm jealous of that because I'm, I'm the opposite. But um, she would say, I would say is on the end of the spectrum that is, is less anxious. Her disposition is. And then there's people like me who are, I would say, further on the other end of that spectrum in which I do, depending on the topic, I do tend to trend toward the anxious. And now this, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear is absolutely true because anxiety, from what I've really kind of learned from studying it, because I've read a lot of books on the subject, I think my favorite takeaway from my anxiety is that anxiety is just our emotions adapting to a new set of circumstances. I think that's my favorite definition of anxiety because anxiety is not a bad thing in most ways because it's also very similar to the family of excitement. You know, when you're young and you get this adrenaline in your system and you, because you're being exposed to something new, you don't always interpret it as dangerous. You can interpret it as exciting. Because you see opportunity of growth and to learn something new and experience something new. And that's the exciting part. So excitement and anxiety are kind of cousins in that way. Before we dig into that a little more, let me remind you that Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. 
Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. So pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up right now for this offer for my listeners. It's a limited time offer, so make sure you get it today. So the, the anxiety and excitement tend to be cousins. And I think as we get older and we carry more responsibilities and more people depend on us and our lives become more broad in their scope of influence, I think that makes anxiety more of a negative emotion rather than exciting. Because if our, if our lives are burdened so heavily with responsibility, then new things become a threat, right? So if you have... If you have many things in your life that depend on stability, then new and exciting things actually threaten that stability. And so as you get older and you kind of fall into your positions of, of life and family and health, new things actually become more threatening to that way of life or that health or that position you've worked for. And so we have a tendency to be anxious about things that we would have otherwise been excited about. And so part of me does try to, does wonder if, if my level of anxiety is, is contingent on too much attachment to the world. In other words, I'm too emotionally invested in the stability of things. And, and so rather than see new experiences as a potential for growth, I see them as, as terrible things that will wreck what I've built. And so that's not a good place to be. So I would say I was probably a less anxious person when I was younger, simply because when I was younger, I didn't have any responsibilities. Nobody depended on me. You know, when you've got a, a family to take care of, it's one thing if it's just you and, and, you know, you can take care of just you. But as your kind of circle expands and other people become more dependent on you, especially if you have kids and a wife or a family member, then this, this whole, oh, well, this whole new thing becomes exciting, becomes a threat. It's like, well, this may destabilize what little bit of sanity I've cultivated. <laughs> what little bit of sanity and stability I've cultivated in the world. And I do think this is why conservatives in general, people who are conservative by nature, tend to be more anxious about new things. And that's why they are by nature conservative because they see the value in the constant. Like there is value there, the value in the unchanging and the stability, because with the unchanging stability comes all of the benefits of growth that can thrive under that stability. Now, you can become ultra conservative, which isn't a good thing, which means your life has no novelty and no new things ever happen to you. Well, that's just a lie because eventually life will happen and you will be faced with anxiety again, and then you will have a fear that will be holding you back. And that's where I really think this quote starts to shine is because everything we've ever wanted is on the other side of that anxiety. Because what we really want is stability and comfort, right? Now, if we're constantly running, away from the things that we fear most, we will never grow in that area. Because like I said, anxiety is just experiencing something new. And our emotions perceive that as a threat 
or something to be excited about. Now, if we see him as a threat, then the only way the only way to the end is through. We need to go through the anxiety. We need to understand it. We need to embrace what it is we're afraid of. And one an amazing thing happens because as I started to, I would say my anxiety was at its worst in my early 20s when I was building a family and building a career because I didn't want to lose the things that I built. But the truth of the matter is, is my anxiety didn't positively infect, affect any of that. My anxiety was holding me back pretty much 100% of the time. It was not protecting me most of the time. So when I leaned in and I did things anyway, and there's actually a great book on this, it's uh, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. <laughs> when, you, when you lean in and you push through these anxious feelings, an interesting thing happens. First of all, what you fear the most usually doesn't happen. And second of all, you start to cultivate what I say is experience. And as you build experience, the fear melts away. But you can only cultivate the experience if you push through the anxiety and the fear. And so that's kind of the paradox of anxiety. Is if you follow your emotions, which, again, I'm not a big fan of the Disney follow your heart mentality. I, I do believe that following your heart is beneficial in a lot of ways. But if you follow your emotions, specifically your negative emotions, you're never going to leave your house at some point. Um, or, or you're going to be depressed, right? There, there's, there are seasons of our life where our emotions betray us and we have to demolish our emotions and power through them and do what we're supposed to do anyway. And this is true about every aspect of our lives. There are times of our lives where, where we hate our jobs, but guess what? We need to do our jobs anyway. There are times in our lives where we are terrified about what's going to happen in that project we're going to work on at work. Or we're terrified about what it's going to look like if we have a kid, move into a new house, go on a vacation, get sick. We're terrified about what's going to happen if these things happen. But human beings have an amazing capacity for adaptation. Whatever you're going through and whatever you're fearful of, I guarantee you there are hundreds of if not thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not millions of people who have not only gone through what you're about to go through or are going through, but they've gone through and are going through much worse. And they're doing it with a smile on their face. And how are they doing it? Or maybe they're not doing it with a smile on their face. Maybe they're doing it because they know it's what they have to do to get to the other side of the fear. If you find yourself in a position that's seemingly impossible, reach out. Talk to a therapist. Talk to a spiritual leader. Read, read books on people who have figured out how to navigate those specific terrifying things. And like I said, the, this amazing thing will happen. Your fear will begin to melt away through experience. As you experience these things and work through it, it will build, you, build your confidence. And as you build confidence, you will become stronger. And as you become stronger this fear will begin to fade away. And that's what this quote means. On the other side of the fear is everything you've ever wanted, which is the absence of the fear. You know, it's a paradox. Or is it a, is it a paradox? Is that considered a paradox? Or is it considered an irony? Regardless, 
Embracing the fear is the quickest way to get through it. The worst thing we can do is avoid things, is avoidance. You know, every or most major behavioral therapists will say this. And that doesn't mean you jump into the, the deep end immediately. But exposing yourself slowly over time to smaller degrees of the things you fear most are going to slowly build your courage. And that is going to be the core of it. It's going to be the core of building the experience to get rid of the fear. You know, there's a, there's a whole segment of the uh a smaller segment of the population who fully understood this. Paul of uh, in the Bible was one particular person. He spoke about it pretty frequently. And even if you're not a religious person, you have to appreciate the fact that this guy got to the point of his life where he not only embraced the things that were terrifying, but he intentionally put himself into position of being terrified. He knew that through the pressures of this anxiety and fear, he would develop the character of perseverance. And people who were strong in perseverance could overcome anything. It was one of the defining character. It's one of the defining character traits of successful people is that they persevere or they learn to persevere. You know, they, they don't succeed the first time. They slowly jump into the risk and the fearful and anxious part of their lives and they embrace the fearful and terrifying so that they can move through it so that they can learn to master their fears because we all are very very unique individuals so our our fears are very personal and nobody's going to teach you how to master your fears other than yourself now there are people who will give you tools to help you master fear. Therapy is amazing for this. You know, they'll they'll help you master your or master identifying and addressing fears and giving you tools on navigating like self-talk and projection and visualization. Grace, self-grace, self-forgiveness self-acceptance like there's 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 these emotional tools that you can learn and and get better at to help navigate fears better um in terms of the religious perspective is is my my amount of fears have faith has helped me immensely a real personal relationship with god through christianity and with, through and with christ has helped me cultivate a prayer life and as i've gotten more experience with my faith it's become immeasurably comforting as i'm experiencing new things you know when you don't feel like you're alone you know when you feel like you're partnering with god on things that would otherwise crush you under the under the weight of what could happen because that's really the downside is is if you if you have the gift of projection and many i would say arguably half the at least half the population has that and that is you you see things and you see the potential outcomes of what's going to happen next. I mean, we all have the ability to ha to use that. We all have the ability to project. That's one of the things uniquely human about us. But some people are particularly gifted in it. You know, and that they make great planners. You know, they're they're good accountants and they're good 
project managers and they're good organizers because they can anticipate possible outcomes. And, and the better they are at this, this talent, a gift, can be boomeranged on them if they're anticipating all the possible negative consequences, all the possible bad things that could happen all the time. And the better they are at this projecting anxiety of what could happen, the, the more crippling the anxiety can become. And so the stronger the tools and the tool belt are necessary in order to navigate them. And this has been true for me because, because I, am, I have a tendency to project. In a lot of ways, it's a gift. It does help me plan things well uh, and organize things well. When I get caught on that feedback loop I was telling you about earlier where the, the fear feeds the adrenaline, the adrenaline feeds the fear, and I start to become a little mini prophet, an amateur providence, and I start to predict all the bad things that will happen or might happen, then this projection thing becomes my worst enemy. And I have to, ha I have to tap into sometimes every emotional tool I have to get myself to stop. And I've gotten better at it over time. Am I perfect at it? No. I still struggle with it. But not as often as I used to. And that's really all we can aim for. Like the, the motto of the show is try to be a better person today than I was yesterday. The best version of myself I can be for today. Don't worry about tomorrow me. Don't worry about yesterday me. Am I being the best version of myself today? That's really all we can aim for. And on that note, this is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I want to thank you for stopping by and listening to my show today. Before you go, don't stop this video just yet. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble. That helps the show grow. It feeds the algorithms so that I show up on recommended videos. Do the same thing for Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review on whatever network you might be listening to this show on. That also immensely helps. This show is brought to you by Audible, so make sure before you go or right after you leave, you visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up for that free 30-day trial to get instant access to thousands of audiobooks for 30 days. That's plenty of time to give audiobooks a shot. You can cancel any time if they don't work out for you. Until next time, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves that we can today, because as always, that is all we can do. I will see you all in the next video.